My name is David Birnbaum. Welcome to The Safe Space. Today, my guest is Casey Palermo. I'm really glad to have had this conversation as Casey is actually someone who inspires me quite a lot, and I think she'll inspire you as well. She is an engineer by profession, but she also is a world champion power lifter. And her and I talk about how someone who's maybe 5'3 and a petite uh, blonde girl, how, how someone like that became to be very interested and dedicated and have a love for uh, powerlifting. It's a really great conversation and it also kind of takes us on Casey's journey as to what that kind of play, what role this played in her life and plays in her life and why it's so important to her. Her and my story have a lot of parallels in terms of struggles and how we became dedicated to something to get out of those struggles. And I really enjoy all of the conversations I have with her. If you're interested in strength training, if you're interested in personal fitness, if you're interested in how someone can really kind of dedicate themselves to something and get control of their lives, I think this is a great episode for you to listen to. As always, subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcasting app and consider supporting the show at thesafespace.ca. Hey, Casey, how's it going? Not too bad. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, I think we've recorded before, but this is the first one that's going to be released. So thanks for coming on. Yeah, anytime. Um, so I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Uh, you and I got reconnected maybe six, seven months ago, something like that, because I just found you very impressive. And I reached out and said, hey, you're impressive. And then we just got rolling from there. And so the reason you're impressive to me is that you're Correct me if I'm wrong, you're a world champion weightlifter and you also have your own like coaching business now. Um, and I'm really interested in how you got there because you and I know each other from Waterloo Engineering. Uh, then you worked at Google as an engineer. And this is like, as far as I know, your passion now. And it's both an interesting passion generally and for me particularly that a woman would have this as a passion like it's much more in my mind stereotypically a masculine thing like you know these bro-y uh, weightlifters so why don't you get me started with like yeah how did you get interested in this in the first place and then we can just kind of go from there yeah um yeah so i over the last year 2019 i got my first world championship title uh for powerlifting actually um so powerlifting is squat bench deadlift um that's what we like compete in um whereas like weightlifting is like it's a it's own like in olympic sports it's like um the clean and jerk and the snatch so it's a little bit different but we all of us move heavy weights but for me um competing in uh squat bench and deadlift that's my jam so really um i i played sports my whole life and uh i was into always into a bunch of different things i've always been active but then when I went to university, you know, you and I met back in school for engineering, there was no time in the schedule for anything. Like, you know, I think in first year we had like 46 hours of class alone. Um, and so I, you know, going, growing up, I had a lot of um, like, like any female, like body image issues, like struggles um, with my, uh, just the way I felt about how I looked and, and, you know, you always wanted to be the, like the thin one and the popular one. And, and so when university started, I didn't have time for sports anymore. I got kind of like really obsessive about not gaining that freshman 15. Um, and I started to control it initially with my food. 
Uh, I was super, super restrictive on calories and, and like really was not eating enough at that point in my life. And, um, and the, the I started training in the gym kind of around that same time too, but I was the typical, um, kind of cardio bunny. Like I didn't really know much about weight training. I actually, that's a lie. I did a little bit of strength training the summer before university, um, with a buddy of mine, uh, at the gym and just learning. Um, but really my whole focus that time was like, don't eat and train a lot. And the only thing I could do was either run or go to the gym because that was the only thing that I could make happen around our crazy engineering schedule. Um, so it just was the gym kind of just became, you know, if I had 45 minutes, if I had an hour, I could go for a run like, you know, between like class and homework or like whatever time of the day. And, um, I just, I started off, you know, lots of time on the treadmill doing the like body booty building workouts, like lots of core, lots of legs. Um, and cause you know, you don't want to get too big on top. And, uh, and I just really had no idea what I was doing. We've all been there with everything, you know, mm-hmm. you start from like ground zero. Um, and eventually it turned into a little bit more, like, as I started to get stronger, um, I was, I was, I was always or I was already at like a certain level of, of strength just from the amount of sports I had done. Right. Um, so like for a female, I was already like, I had a base to begin with. Uh, and I had gone, I went through this whole period of losing weight, losing weight, losing weight. Like I was super, um, like my parents were very, uh, very concerned for me at that time. Like, you know, I, I my snacks consisted of like green beans and my dinner consisted of like, you know, this much of a like piece of ham and like, you know, maybe half a potato. Uh, and I was afraid of anything with fat in it. I was afraid of anything with the word, like any, you know, you read the nutrition label and it was like, no, 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 no. So um, eventually, like, because when you first start strength training, there's there, like, there is a period of initial adaptation where you usually see strength, like improvements. Um regardless of kind of where you are, because your body is kind of adapting to some new stimulus. So I started to see. But so you kind of skipped, how did you get interested or find out about strength training more like hardcore? Because there's a, there's a gap from just being like a, what'd you call it? A treadmill bunny or cardio bunny or whatever. I'll I'll get there. I'll get there. So, so I had, I had always done a little bit of, of, of strength training. So I did lots of running, but I also did like, you know, like kettlebell work, like a little bit of a kettlebell workout, lots and lots of sit-ups and that kind of stuff. And basically what happened was I just kind of got connected with the right people. And I started learning a little bit more about free weight training. You know, I I did some of my own research. I'm very like um, driven, like myself to learn. So I'll do my own research. And at that time it was like, you know, I, I liked, I liked the numbers game of strength training. You know, like, you know, watching the numbers rise, like being able to measure strength. Um, and um, after about a year and a half of, or two years of these really poor eating habits, um, I got actually involved in a relationship that pulled me out of that. And at the same time that I kind of emerged from these like really poor eating habits, um, I, I kind of discovered the correlation between the way I was feeding myself and 
how that complemented or didn't complement my training style. Like I understood, like, you know, take to, to build muscle, you have to feed. And, um, I kind of just got involved with the right communities at, at the gym. So like I started, I started on my own squat bench deadlift. I had no idea what the heck I was doing. Uh, but eventually I started to get strong and it was just like really, really, really cool. Like it was just really cool. Like the, the day I lifted 200 pounds for the first time, like even like being able to lift more than body weight for the first time or being able to lift like, like my first, you know, max attempt at like 200 pounds. It was like, just so like mind boggling to me that, you know, like it was another metric, right? Like you, you, you were measuring your progress in terms of something that wasn't just how you felt about yourself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Now I still had all of these holdups, I guess, about like body image. And don't get me wrong. I was never, I've never been overweight. I've definitely like, I've had more or less weight on me, but I've never been overweight because I've always been active. Um, and then in university, I just like, there was a couple of people in my class and a couple of people in the engineering program um, who kind of introduced me to what sort of kind of powerlifting was. They also at that time didn't really have any idea what they were doing, but we were all just figuring it out together. Uh, and, um, and then that I kind of just discovered the world of, of lifting heavy things slowly uh, and just like love the discovered metric. it slowly or you lift them slowly. I mean, both. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so it was kind of, I kind of walked into it um, and it grew in many facets and changed over the years in terms of like, I went through some rough times mentally. Um, and actually at the same time that I was struggling really like really struggling mentally. Um, you know, that was one of the first times I did my first sanctioned meet. Um, and, uh, instead of just like lifting heavy things in the gym with my friends to yell at me. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so it kind of, that was kind of how it evolved was just getting involved, like learning that I had a passion for it, watching myself progress in terms of something that was uh, measurable. That wasn't just how I, felt how I felt about how I looked in the mirror. It's not about, wasn't even necessarily about how I actually looked in the mirror. It was my own perceptions. Um, and you just a certain comfort of confidence being able, like, I remember in my last year of university, I was starting to help. I worked with the head strength coach for the football team. And, um, I was a, basically a co-op underneath him, just learning from him and helping to coach the, the football athletes to like, on you know their strength trait not their foot i don't know anything about coaching football but but moving weights i was learning about um and uh i remember they never took me seriously because i'm this tiny little i'm five foot three i'm blonde no one anticipates any of this out of me like no one even expects me to be an engineer no one expects me to lift heavy weights like i i don't fit the mold and, uh, and then one day I was deadlifting at the gym. And I think at that point I was like, I think I was deadlifting, like, I don't know, something over around 250 pounds. And the guys on the football team were like, Oh, it's like, yes, I do this myself. I'm not just here to yell at you. <laughs> like, yeah. So. And so what was it like kind of, so you started to get passionate for it and you kind of more entered this world. What was it like to be in that world? Like, what was it like to be the 
five foot three little blonde girl who's not taken seriously a lot? Uh, okay, so here we go. So I'm also an engineer, right? So I have lived in the world of male-dominated things like mechanical engineering for most of my life. Um, and engineering women are often not taken as seriously either. Um, I personally, there's, I have a few feelings about this. I personally really enjoy surprising people. Like I really enjoy going against the grain and like, you know, being the unexpected. Um, and my dad, like I joke about this all the time. My, I'm, I'm the son my dad never had really like, I always helped him do the heavy lifting and the heavy moving. Like growing up, we did the projects together. Like he taught me to weld when I was little. Um, and so strength training is a sim like in, in a similar sense, it's extremely male dominated. Like powerlifting specifically is very, very male dominated sport. Um, but it's different than engineering because a lot of the times in your engineering classes, you're not dealing with like massive, like massive angry meatheads who like, you know, and don't get me wrong. There are a lot of highly educated people in the fitness industry. And they're like, I know some of the biggest guys in the industry and they, I also know that they are some of the most educated guys in the industry. Like there are some guys like that are, you know, you look at them and you would be like, you're terrified. They're the nicest guys you'll ever meet. And they're also the most intelligent guys you'll ever meet. But like both in the world of powerlifting and in the world of engineering, men have, I mean, every, a lot of people, but a lot of the men, because most of them are men, um, have the same insecurities about themselves. They just manifest in very different ways. <laughs> like, so, and like it goes for females too. But um, it, so it was very much similar in terms of, the fact that it's a very male dominated area, but also a little bit different in terms of like how you navigate, I guess, the relationships with males, because in engineering, men tend to be pretty like inwards, right? Like you have, you have the, you, you have the, like the loud, the very loud, proud entrepreneurs, but you also have the very like shy, nervous, like kind of male engineer, more stereotype. Mm -hmm in the world of meatheads, like, and strength training, you have, um, more, more loud and proud, more loud and proud, um, on, on that end of things. And a, a lot of, a lot of ego swinging around. Um, and I've, I, I don't know. I, I, I find it simple. Like I find it, I find it to be a pretty simple world. The we coat like, we all kind of relate on a common level of loving putting ourselves through this like unreasonable pain. Like why, like objectively what we do, it's like, why do you pick things up and put them down? Like, it's very silly. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my next question is why, because like, you know, we've talked and you love this, right. And it's, yeah. it, it's been very important to your life and, and your development as, as I understand it. So if you mm -hmm. can tell me a bit about that and, and, yeah, why is it important to you? Why do you love this? It seems, okay, like, okay, maybe you do it, but why do you love it, right? Yeah, so, I, I you know, this is, like, a, a very different answer for everyone, and some people have, you know, a lot of people 
in like powerlifting and the strength training world have a lot of demons that, you know, like training is an outlet. Like really at the end of the day, training is an outlet for something. Um, it, you are, you are working through, a lot of people are just working through so much shit internally. Like this is their safe space. This is where they can control all like the factors of, of their life, you know, where they are. Like, it's the only thing that you can really control fully yourself is like, I go to the gym, I lift weights. This is like my, this is my path for progress. This is how I can add this positive thing to my life. Now, for me, um, I, I'm, I'm very open and, and honest about all of this. I, I don't particularly have, um, I don't particularly have any demons like that. I work out in, in the gym. Like I don't, there's, there's nothing deep and dark, nothing too deep and dark for me. Um, but I have a lot of like growing up, I always have had, uh, a need for control. Um, and I used to be super high functioning anxiety, like super, like I had, like, this was part of my thing with, um, when I went through that period with my food, like I couldn't control my schedule with, with, um, school. I couldn't control, like I had no social life. I couldn't even go to family dinners without feeling bad about the fact that I wasn't studying. I lost all my sports. I'm thrust into this world, uh, like this completely, you know, university in first year, like, right. Like good Lord. So the only thing I could control was my food and my exercise when I had five minutes to do so. And so that's where I threw it because I was like, I need to have control of something. So this is where I'm going to manifest it. And training became for me and has become this, this outlet uh, for stress. Like it's, it's literally, it's self-induced stress, stress, like I have, I have a bit of a pathological need my whole life to exercise. Like I'm just, I need to stay active. I need to like my brain moves at 50 million miles an hour and I need to give, I actually like by exercising, slow my brain down by having to like focus on and, and like place it on all of these things that are happening in the gym. Um, so I actually found this, my, my, my need for control manifested exceptionally well in the gym, because this is like, if I don't follow through, if I don't do my training, if I don't eat the way I'm supposed to eat, if I don't sleep the way I'm supposed to sleep, I won't get, like, I won't obtain my goals. Like I will, I won't get to where I want to go. Like I know all of the pieces that have to fall together. It is my choice to execute. And no matter what else is going on in my life, no matter what else like falls to pieces, no matter what I lose or like my, my job, no matter what's going on at work, this is my consistency. This is what I have control of. And this is the place where I can work to improve myself physically, mentally, emotionally. Like th this is my, this is my space, my outlet, my time. And it kind of became it definitely became an outlet for me that way. And, and I like with expending that energy and spending that time there, I actually have become so much more laid back in the rest of my life. Like, it's like, I know, I know now as I've grown up that like, there is so much in this world that you cannot control. 
and so many things that come speeding by you and like things you can't, you, you know, you're like, you can't grab hold of, but I, I, I've come to realize like much more about what, what I can control, what's reasonable. I have this outlet in my training and my nutrition that um, will always be there for then now it, like injuries happen and, and, you know, things happen over the course of your training career, but I can always make the choice to um, dedicate to improvement in whatever phase of my training I may be in. Um, Do you think for yourself or maybe others, there's a risk of putting too much into it? Because, you know, I think of an athlete who then get it, gets injured and like their life falls apart because that was their source of that. Uh, I'm interested in your thinking on that. 100%. So if you, if you want to be one of the best in anything in your life, if you want to be the CEO of a, of a multi-million dollar company, you give up things to do that. And um, everyone, like it's, it's, a, it's a choice you make. And I am a very, I'm an internationally competitive athlete. I, I take this very seriously, but I am more than just a power lifter. Um, I am a horse. I ride horses. I'm an equestrian. I am an engineer. I am a coach. I am a, like, I'm, I'm a, I'm a member of my family. I'm like, I have all of these different pieces that make me who I am. And I lost this once. Um, I, I, when I, I made a move, uh, across the continent for work. Um, and when I made that move, I moved to California, I lost and I was, I had a really, uh, dark time in my life for six months. Um, everything was falling apart. My health was failing actually at that point too, with some, uh, like I have some gastrointestinal issues, um, I lost a, I moved there with a boyfriend who I broke up with within three weeks and then had to move, um, you know, within five weeks of getting there, I had to find a new place to live. Um, work was not my, my projects at work. Like my were falling apart because management was leaving and quitting and I'm new on the job. I'm just out of university. What the heck am I doing? The only thing that I had, I, I, I just left my family for the first time, um, the only thing that I had was, uh, was the only consistency that I had was training. And, um, and then with all that stress that was happening in my life at that time, uh, I came down with, uh, some low back pain and, um, and by I say some low back pain, I mean, like I was 23 and I couldn't sit or stand. So it was like significant low back pain. <laughs> um, and I saw, you know, like at, at that point in my life, like I lost the only thing that I had, what I, at that time was the only thing that I felt like I had left and I was very alone. Um, and I, I went to, I went into what I would definitely say was the closest thing I have ever been to depressed, depressed or, or depression. Um, I literally like, I went to work, I, I got up, I went to work, I came home. And I couldn't wait to sleep. Like all, all I wanted to do was just sleep. I didn't want anyone in my life. I was like disconnecting from friends and family. And like, it was like sleep, work, sleep, work. 
and because I couldn't train I couldn't move I couldn't like body weight stuff was a mess like every day I got up and I moved I wanted to cry because I felt like I couldn't like what was left you know I was I was across the continent from family and I couldn't tell them what was going on because I didn't want them to know that I was struggling so you know you, you realize like I, it was months of recovery from that and, and getting in touch with the wrong people and then the right people and learning, learning a lot um, about what I was doing wrong. And, and, you know, I went from that to a like crazy big deadlift after I recovered in a very short period of time, because I was connected with the right people and learned the right things and put in the, put in the homework, not just like went back to training, but like put in the homework to do the things to heal. And when you lose that, you realize that it can't be the only thing, right? Like, I, I understand people who give their lives to, to these things, I, just like I understand people who give their lives and health to developing their company and developing whatever their dream is. I, I understand people do go too far on too many things. It's, it's a personal choice, but when I lost it, you know, and then I came back from it. it, it really fueled, it fueled my fire for the sport, but also put it a lot into perspective in terms of it being like, I can lose any one of these pieces of me. Like I can lose training again. I'm not just a power lifter. Like if I lose this, I have to adapt. And so I commit myself to it. And, and I like, I'm, I'm natural. I've, I've never done, another, you know, another big topic is drugs, um, steroids, but, uh, I've never done any performance enhancing drugs. Um, and so as a natural lifter, another thing that you have to take into consideration is the fact that it's just going to take me longer to get where I want to go than my counterparts who are making the decision to use those kind like that assistance. So it's like, I need longer to recover. I need to make sure that I'm not getting injured. I know that I have to dedicate myself to this for a longer period of time and I have to prioritize my recovery. And it's like, you have to do those things. You can't just like launch yourself against a wall every day because like slamming your head against the wall can also mean that, you know, you might knock yourself out. You won't break through the wall. You might just knock yourself out. <laughs> So. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I appreciate you sharing all of that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm wondering if you could, what does it mean to you now? Because like, we've talked about what, like the journey into it and through it. And so how do you hold it now? And like, you know, when you're, what is it like when you're at a meet? What, it, like, what is the experience oh. of this for you? Like a hundred percent. This is like, like, Oh man. Okay. So like, <laughs> I get really excited. Um, every time we talk about this, like I'm really excited. So a lot of it has to do with community now. Like a lot of it, like the, the cool thing about powerlifting is like, you know, you can be super, super competitive against everybody else out there, but it's also like when it comes down to it, like it's you on the platform and you alone and like you're fighting for your better numbers. So it comes down to you putting in the work, you showing up on meet day, you doing all the right things, like you having a right, your head screwed on right on your shoulders to make that pull. Because when it comes down to 100%, when it comes down to like a maximum rep, a max squat, sorry, a max bench, max deadlift, like 
the details matter. Like the little details matter. And like, you can't get shake, shaken up by someone, by the crowd screaming at you. I mean, usually they're pretty good, but you can't get shaken up at the, like if someone does something weird, like, you know, if like Superman bursts through the back door in the middle of your ramp, like you still have to be able to hold your shit together. And um, it it's really like a self-fulfilling sport. Like you are the only player and you have either built yourself to do this and succeed or, and sometimes things happen. Like sometimes things happen. You know, I had like my, at my at worlds for me, like the bench was wobbly. I hit only my first bench attempt because on the second attempt, the bench setup they had literally like wobbled back and forth. And then my brain was like, ah, what's going on? And I missed like both my second attempts. So things happen. Um, but it really just like, like for me, it's like, you, you're just, you're, you fight so hard for that extra, for for that little inch, like inch by inch by inch. Um, and, uh, and in the world, the community, like the, the, when it comes to like being at a meet, 85% of the things of my, my like enthusiasm for competing is like meeting everybody else on meet day, making new friends cheering everybody else on i don't care if you're competing against me or you're not i don't care if you're in my weight category or you're not like i just i love to meet other enthusiastic lifters and just cheer everyone on because you know how hard everybody has fought for this and you would never wish that fail like that failed rep on anyone because we've all worked years and months for so you get one minute for each attempt you get three squats three benches and three deadlifts so you literally work for months for nine minutes and it's like so no one wishes that failure on anyone else because it's like we all know how hard we have all worked to be here and it comes down to this one day and months of prep and so like, I love it. Like, and that's what has become such a huge passion of mine for coaching. I mean, I have a few competitive um, athletes underneath me and I have a lot. So I have a few like gen pop strength clients underneath me. And, and I just, I love watching the evolution of them grow. I don't care if it's in like on the platform. I mean, I love it if it's on the platform because that's where my, that's like where my heart and soul like, I just, I love it, but watching people grow and evolve and like progress on their own because they've like, they've decided to make this a priority and have put in the time and the work and are, and are like, I get just as excited about cheering everybody else on, on meet day as I do about my own lifts. That's really great. And I mean, it makes sense to me as well, because it's very rare to find many people let alone a room or a meet full of them where like they've worked really hard at a goal and like to have then a similar goal to one another but just like having people dedicated to something um like so that's really cool <laughs> um i i want to ask though i want to ask one last question yeah, yeah. um what is it like if you fail in those nine minutes because that oh. is really stressful right like i can't imagine Maybe I can, I don't know, but I, I think it's hard to imagine and many people wouldn't want to deal with that stress. Like, 
I've spent a year working and I have nine minutes and I could screw it up, right? It's like, yep. that's, that's more difficult than like an NBA final or whatever. Cause you know, I have seven games. I have like hours I can recover <laughs> or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, what is it? What is that like? That's a good question. Um, so I think I have a bit of a unique, like, perspective. I don't know if it's you. I don't know. I like think to think like to think I have a pretty level head about it for myself personally. Now, I've seen people throw temper tantrums. I've seen people um, like when you. So uh, to give some context around what you're dealing with when you're on the platform, you walk up there and there's three judges. One is in front of you, staring you in the face, and then there's two on the sides each lift so there's a front judge and then side judges you're usually staring out at a crowd of people there's screens there's an announcer there's a score table you've got a board with lights on it and if you get the lift like if you hit the lift there's three white lights if you miss the lift there's red lights um so there's like a lot of stuff going on and there's usually some angry rock metal music in the background um so it's like loud it's very um there's a lot going on so there's a lot for you to have to manage it's it's not a gym setting it's um everything's different on the platform and the amount of times that i have walked <laughs> you like develop new habits you never had before like i've gone up to squat hit a rep walked off the stage and like you said to my buddy like where did that come from i've never done that before in my entire life like i'll have like dropped like with hyper speed or like develop some new setup like some new adjustment in my setup that I've never done before. And then gone like, where in God's, like where in God's name did that just come from? Um, but uh, so, so you got to understand that there's like a whole lot of different factors going on. And especially as a new lifter, it's a lot to adjust to. And, you know, it sucks when you fail a lift. Like um, my last attempt at Worlds, um, yeah, so my last attempt at Worlds, what, I weighed in that day at 121 pounds. Um, my last attempt was 408 deadlifts. Um, and I made the decision on that platform to let that weight go. And it, I moved it before in the gym. I already had pulled 408 for like a double off of, like I had it off like an inch block in the gym. I'd already pulled it for two, like I had that weight, but I got super, I got a little bit ahead of myself, a little bit enthusiastic. When I went to pull it off the floor, my butt tucked under me, my form compromised a little bit. And I made the decision, like I floated it. It like just started to come off the ground. And I made the decision to let it go because I was like, I'm not willing to hurt myself here. Because, and it was all just because I got a little too enthusiastic. I moved a little bit too fast. My form was a little bit off and I felt it. And I was like, I could fight for this. Like I could make the decision to go for the rep, but I wasn't willing to hurt myself. And I think that comes from having been injured before, because in my mind, as soon as that happens, it's like, well, if I get this rep and I hurt myself, I don't know when my next meet will be. And I want to stay healthy first because there will always be more meets. There will always be more competitions. I mean, there's obviously things you can't handle, like some accidents happen, but 
you know, you're doing your best of the ability to stay healthy and stay functioning so that you can train and, and then so that there will be more meets. And so like, yeah, it comes down to nine minutes. Um, and I've, I've made mistakes before I failed many reps on the platform. Um, I think, you know, in my mind, I, as long as I have done everything that I can in my power to perform my best that day, um, you know, like I knew why I missed that 408 pole. Um, you know, there was some external factors on bench, like the bench setup was weird and, and wobbly and that wasn't my fault. I did my best despite the circumstances. It's obviously frustrating, but like you can't, it's over. Like you, you can be angry about it, but for how long? Because it's over. And like I spent three days thinking about that poll. I spent three days afterwards beating myself up because I was like, you should have fought for it. You should have fought for it. You should have gone for it. It would have been fine. But the reality is that like, it could have not been fine. And I want to stay training and I want to stay ready to compete more than I want. Because the, the reality is the next competition, I'll just be stronger. And then that 408, that pull that I missed, that might be my second attempt or my first attempt. Like, I'll just come in more of a beast next time. And what's important to me is that I just keep fighting for that, right? Like, this sport, the, the sport of strength, is it, is it, is, happens over time. It's not a quick fix thing. Like, you have to be in this game for the long run and play the long run in it. Because if you don't, you run higher risk of injury. You run like you run, your risk becomes so much higher if you're trying to like just, you know, get that get the quick fix, get the extra five pounds. Like, put in the work, do your best. It sucks. You can be upset when like it, it sucks to miss a rep, but um, I'd rather be training for longer and be safe than. Uh, you know, I'll just show up better and stronger next time and, and it'll be all right. There's going to be more meets. I mean, given 2020 was a bit of a bit of a different call, bit of a wild card, but um, I haven't competed this year just because of the, the, the moving pieces, but there will be more meets. I'll just be stronger and it'll be fine. Cool. Yeah. So that's really intense to me and amazing that like you could run that process and make that decision in in the within the one minute right or within the 10 seconds or whatever and and have all of that factored in and and then you know make like the appropriate decision and stuff so i'm just i'm just very impressed and that whole answer i think um really gets across to me why i like you so much and why you're so great like the way you approach this and, and like a decision like that and everything you just said, it, it's, it's like you have at these meets this like this pinnacle of like what life is almost, right? And it's like, yeah, like this is my, my, this is my whole purpose right now and I have to make sure I do it right. And if not, there's another opportunity and stuff. And so I'm just very impressed with all of that. So thank, thank you. you for sharing. Yeah, yeah, um, no, thank you. I, I think that. there's many good lessons to take out of that. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, uh, I love it. And I just want to continue. Like I had a client, Oh, shout out to Charles. I had a client who he told me once he was like, look, I don't need to be the strongest person in the gym. I just need to be the oldest person in the gym. And I was like, me too, me too. You know, like I'm never going to, I'm not going to be able to compete with all of the people who are hyped up on steroids. Like it's not going to, I don't need to, 
what I need to do is be, is no, like, I know what I can do better. And my only goal is to do better. I don't need to be the best. I just need to be better. Right. And I want to continue to do this for the rest of my life so that for the rest of my life, I can just continue to be a bit better. Yeah. That makes sense. And unfortunately, we don't have time to go into coaching. So I hope you'll come back another time and we can just talk about what your experience is, both starting a business and being a coach, like the mentorship and that kind of stuff. Because it's something I've not really explored much. And I think you'd be someone great to explore it with. So uh, hopefully you'll come back sometime soon. Yeah, happy to. That'd be fun. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, anytime. Thank you.